0: the Healthy Families podcast. My name is Jenny Hatch and I am your host. Today I am going to be reading some thoughts that I've penned over the years. And I've titled this A Few Thoughts at the Intersection of Babylon and Zion. And this is my deconstruction of Brahms Requiem, which was originally titled A German Requiem. It is one of my favorite pieces of music and i've used this requiem to describe my views on the female construct at this intersection between babylon and zion we could even call this feminism uh 1010 the anti-feminist manifesto intersectionality being exposed as the Marxist construct that it was always meant to be, which is to divide and conquer It is much easier to take over a nation when you get the most privileged women in the world and in world's history in a constant state of aggravation and entitlement and lost in the fog of this current culture war we're experiencing. This post was written to push back against all that. I have been using Rudder's Gloria and Brahms Requiem as the music for my classical yoga class every week. This class is a weekly community outreach type of thing, free and open to the public. When I asked my boss if she'd be willing for me to teach a class using classical music, she said that would be great. I cannot stand new age music. It just sounds so whiny. And although I have meditated to Easter music in some of the finest yoga yoga studios in Colorado, I would always ache to use my music while attempting transcendence instead of the twangy, repetitive ya-ya music of India. The beauty of being the teacher is I get to pick the music. A few months ago, I uploaded both major classical works to the 528 site to change the frequency from 440 to 528 hertz. The MP3s were both recordings from professional choirs that I sang with in Colorado. So, my voice is in the music. Ever since obtaining the CDs after the concerts, I have thought of this music as my own personal medicine. An exquisite joy pours through my body every time I listen. And by upping the frequency, it is that much more medicinal in the healing energy contained therein. The text of John Rutter's Gloria is in Latin, but it is an ode to Jesus Christ written in the finest tradition of classical music. This chapter is sprinkled liberally throughout the whole requiem. As a side note, this chapter is also used in my favorite portion of the Messiah. I won't quote the whole chapter, but I would like to encourage those who have felt defeated by the many scandals that are overwhelming the country right now to click over to that section of Isaiah and read the whole thing. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. This is Isaiah 35, one through two. Brahms used the final verse in chapter 35 as the text for the final part at the end of movement two of the Requiem. It is my favorite part of the whole work. That's what you're hearing right now. They will come rejoicing to Zion. Joyful. I have timed this music to be the accompaniment to a specific portion of my yoga class where we really energize our bodies using a variety of techniques, including Reiki and reflexology, enhanced with essential oils. Here's the text And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah 35.10 Pain and sighing shall flee. If anyone reading this post today is overwhelmed by current events, I would like to encourage you to spend some time pondering, praying, and listening to these amazing choral works today. Doing so will lift your spirits and chase away any fear that may have engulfed your heart. I would love to hear from you, too. Do you have a favorite scriptural text that comforts and consoles when life overwhelms? I gave my audition tape to Ron Williams, the director of the Broomfield Choral Festival, because I'm trying for the soprano solo and Movement 5 of Brahms Requiem. It wasn't a very professional audition. I had hardly rehearsed with my friend Karen who accompanied me on the piano and we only did the first two pages of the aria. I figured the director is good enough that he could tell whether or not he wanted to hear more from me from those few bars of singing and I didn't want to waste his precious time by auditioning the whole thing. That solo is six minutes and 16 seconds long and the soprano soloist carries pretty much the whole movement. I will be thrilled to get the chance to sing it if he asks me to do it, but if not, it felt good to audition for something again. It has been a long time since I tried for any performing opportunities. Paul and I sang with the Colorado Mormon Chorale a couple years ago for the Christmas season and the first year of our marriage in 1988. We sang with the Detroit Mormon Concert Choir. Both were Christmas concerts, my all time favorite music, as all of the music is about birth. And for this birth junkie, to have the world's most glorious music written about the unassisted birth of the savior of the world is fun to sing. The Colorado Mormon crowd did Rudder's Gloria with the Boulder Brass right at the end of the millennium. I have missed singing with a good quality group these past few years. Not that our ward choir is anything to sneeze at, we do a good job, and occasional solos and duets are available, but it is nice to sing with a symphony orchestra, something big. I used to torture myself by reading the audition notices every week in the newspaper. I stopped doing that when we went digital and gave up our subscriptions to the local papers. Recently, I found myself putting my theater resume together and I plan to get a headshot taken and go audition for a group that performs during the day called Imagination Makers. The Imagination Makers professional troupe mostly does shows for local school groups. The pay is good and was something I could potentially have that could have fit into my life. But I really want to have another baby and I'm hoping to get pregnant this fall. So I put my resume away and told myself, I'll be back. One of the things I learned from theater in my youth is that even if you don't get the job, it is always a good thing to audition just for practice. So I have no fear of auditioning for anything. I did not audition for the troupe though, as I was pretty sure I could land the job, but I did not want the stress of having to make a decision between baby and acting but a choir now that is something i can fit into my life especially since the rehearsals and performances are in the next town and i know several of the people in the choir and can carpool anyway it is definitely doing something powerful to my soul to be a part of this requiem right now i am experiencing a profound healing of my heart every time i sing it i went through a nasty cleanse last week just toxins oozing from my skin and my prayers. I asked heavenly father, what was bringing up all this new distress? And he said, the music was helping me to purge another layer of debris out of my body. While this is never fun. It is always pain with a purpose. I can feel my energy centers harmonizing and balancing as I sing this piece of music. I mean, balance in a way that my body has never been balanced before. And I have done loads of energy work to line everything up over the years. There is a balancing power in this music. It is profoundly working its way into my heart and soul, and I can feel it opening up a new chapter in my life. My thoughts on a German Requiem. I know classical music as much as any other amateur singer. The main type of music I have performed has been classical and Mormon sacred music. I have also performed jazz, barbership, barbershop, sang in a couple rock bands, even did some grungy punk in my college days, and I love to sing pop solos and r and I have probably performed Mozart more than anyone, any other composer in my life, and was a part of some beautiful classical concerts with my high school and BYU choirs. I have performed portions of The Messiah, contemporary composers, but I have never heard Brahms' German Requiem. This is a mystery to me. How could I get to be 38 years old and never hear this piece of music, never sing a movement from it, never read the text, never know that it even exists? I set a goal two weeks ago to listen to the Requiem and rehearse it at least once a day. I have not quite made that goal, but I have listened to it almost every day and I have sung it through about eight times now. I've listened to and sung the soprano solo about 50 times. I'm listening to the sixth movement right now as I type. Death, where is thy sting? This masterwork of musical art was written for birthing mothers. I am absolutely convinced it. I, insertion here, I didn't write this in the text, but I, I found out that Brahms wrote this requiem after the death of his own mother. I am also convinced that a healing energy is contained within the text, music, words, rhythm, crescendo, decrescendo, harmony, use of every musical trick under the sun, including fugue, aria, relaxed, unhurried delivery, seemingly crazy dynamics, gradually increasing tempo with the final triumphant spitting of the text and almost na-na-na-na-na, death, where is thy sting? Ha-ha-ha, you can't get me, big ol' raspberry right in the eye, can't touch me with the final solemn resolution of the text and the music in the seventh movement. I feel waves of spiritual glory wash over me every time I sing it, every time I listen to it. And every time I think about the message of the text. When I made the conscious decision to put my musical endeavors on hold for a time, to focus on being a mother in 1988, it was very difficult to give up the applause. I was addicted to it. Every three months or so, I was in a show or musical performance from the time I was a child. Quite often, I had parts that were the funny character roles, and I really enjoyed making people laugh. When I met and married my husband, we decided to jump right into family life and conceived our first daughter soon after our wedding. That first year of our life together was one of the happiest of my life. I was blissfully happy this year and so excited to be a mother. Just a few short weeks after the birth of our daughter, I found myself in a manic state that gradually evolved into full-blown psychosis where I was hallucinating and awake in a dream state for over a month. Why did this happen? How could my life have so quickly blown to bits? I've spent 18 years researching psychosis and have come up with about 10 different triggers. And I had all of them at the same time for why this happened to me. Sexual abuse sets the stage and other life factors manipulate the mind. I believe the heart of it was simply sleep deprivation. We moved to another state when our daughter was six weeks old in the dead of winter, and the stress of the move combined with our relocation to a place where we had no friends conspired to set me up for a complete breakdown. I also had some demons from my past that were haunting me during this vulnerable time. When the happy and joyful parts of my theatrical life stopped in 1989, and I fell into the abyss of depression after being gang raped in the mental hospital, I determined then that part of the blackness I was feeling was simply from a lack of artistic beauty in my life. The rapes were so traumatic, I had no memory of them for 12 years. I had become so accustomed to feeling that amazing high mix of adrenaline and performance excitement that to have it just stop was a real bummer. In fact, I found myself in a depressed suicidal state that was about as opposite as any joyful high I had yet experienced in life. That good old law of opposites kicked in really hard. I remember this year as the time in my life when I didn't sing. I'm gonna pause in reading this right now so that we can focus on listening to the fugue that's coming up where's my comfort oh lord where is my comfort my comfort is in thee listen up so good 저 <목소리> So that is called A Fugue. It's basically the four parts, bass, tenor, alto, soprano, chasing each other in this woven harmony of we are just being held in the palm of Heavenly Father's hand and no pain, no grief. You can't touch this. That is the most fabulous part of the Requiem. And I always timed my yoga class that we would do this Reiki and aromatherapy-infused massage techniques using our uh, foot reflexology, ear reflexology to renew and, and enhance what we were doing during this classical yoga class that I designed. And there is a healing power in that fugue. Brahms called it a fuga. Fuga is German. And I just love the potential healing there for all of us who everybody right now is suffering. Everybody's mourning something, somebody, we've all lost somebody. And listening to this music renews, makes us whole again, and no grief, no grief, no sour sorrow. So back to my words. I had become so accustomed to feeling that amazing high mix of adrenaline and performance excitement that to have it stop, just stop, was a real bummer. In fact, I found myself in a depressed and suicidal state that was about as opposite as any joyful high I had yet experienced in life. That good old law of opposites kicked in really hard. I remember this year as the time in my life when I didn't sing. I did not realize then that the pinnacle creative artistic moment for any mother was to give birth unhindered and with empowerment alone and in harmony with the glory that is available to all if they only make the decision to grasp this possibility. Our bodies were designed in the image of our heavenly parents and every time we engage in procreative activities like sex, birth, and breastfeeding, exquisite Orgasmic joy is the potential for every mother on the planet today. It is only our ignorance about our bodies and the current lies and assumptions that block us from experiencing this hormonal bliss with our husbands and children. I read once that the big pharma fraud who convinced millions of women that eating horse piss In the form of Premarin, which is in fact pregnant mare's urine, horse pee, would balance their hormones. He bragged that he could get the American mother to eat encapsulated horse shit if he had the right marketing campaign. But I digress. It's not like husbands and children stand after a meal and with thunderous applause ask for an encore dessert. So much of a woman's life is negativity. Do I really have to eat that? Where is my dress? Mom, you forgot, but I don't want to go to bed. What I have learned from mothering my little ones is that I only have those babies with me for an instant, and then they are grown and off to their own interests and agendas. Paul and I have always sung to our babies when they were small. We have a repertoire of about 10 favorite lullabies that we have used over the years with our children. A clear favorite of all the children has been the angel lullaby from My Turn on Earth. But they also loved Brahms lullaby, as well as a variety of primary songs and hymns that we have used to lull them to sleep. Benjamin has been unique. He wants the same song every night. Even now, on the nights we sing to him, he wants, I am a child of God. He calls it, to child of God. And when he asks for the song, he'll say it really fast, like it is one word, child of God. We have this fun exchange that we go through at night. I'll ask him if he wants a lullaby. He thinks about it for a second and then he says, yes. And I'll ask him which one he wants. And then he pretends to be thinking and then really fast he'll say, title of God. It is his special song. My prayer is that after hearing it, hundreds of times, sung to him while he was in the womb. And as an infant and toddler, when he hears it in the future, it will sing to his soul and remind him of his parents who love him more than life itself and would do just about anything to help him and keep him safe. When I was expecting Benjamin, I memorized all of the verses of Come Now Found and sang them to him over and over while I was pregnant. Recently, I was editing some film footage online, and the a cappella version of me singing that song came on the computer. He stopped what he was doing and looked at me and was quiet for a second, and then he said, "'Turn it up.' So I did. He had a twinkle come into his eyes, and he gently said, "'I love come now, fount.' At that moment, I knew that his spirit remembered me singing it to him while he was in my womb." and it was a sweet and sacred moment for us to share. I've often wondered if I've lost anything precious by giving up a music career in exchange for singing lullabies. At times, I have honestly wished for the track I was on with musical theater, but those sublime moments with my family. I just don't know that I would have experienced anything like that performing the great works on the various stages of America. I won't claim that I've had those highs every day, or even every week, but I have had them often enough, and with enough regularity, that the dark sides of family life that we have experienced have melted away amidst the joy. I spend a lot of time thinking about Zion. One heart, one mind. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy and holiness shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy. Sorrow and mourning shall flee away. This is from the Book of Mormon, 2 Nephi 8, verse 11. The exact same verse is in Isaiah fifty-one, eleven. 11. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head and they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. If Joseph Smith did nothing else with his life, simply simply teaching the saints about the concept of Zion and teaching them some of the ways to achieve it was one of the crowning achievements of his life the Requiem speaks eloquently about Zion. I once read that Joseph Smith believed the Luther translation of of the Bible to be superior to the King James Version. This is interesting to me considering that Laura Hoggard, who translated the German text in the new 1997 English version of the Requiem, claimed that the old English versions were highly inaccurate and he went to great efforts to make the text align with Brahm's original German version, which was based on the Lutheran Bible. The text is similar to the King James scriptures that I have studied from my youth. Here are the King James versions of the lyrics that are used for the text of the Requiem. Matthew chapter 4 verse 5, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Psalm 126, five 6 They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. 1 Peter 1.24 For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. James chapter 5 Verses seven through eight: Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband, husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient; stablish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord dryeth, draweth nigh. First Peter chapter one verse twenty-five. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Psalm 39, verse 4 through 7. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee verily every man at his best state is altogether vanity selah surely every man walketh in a vain shoe surely they are disquieted in vain he heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them and now lord what wait i for my hope is in thee psalm 84 verses 1 2 and 4 How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. And this text from the Soprano Aria, which we're hearing right now. I'm going to turn it up so you can hear it better. So this text comes from John, chapter 16, verse 22. You now are sorrowful, grieve not. I will again behold you, and then your heart shall be joyful, and your joy shall no one take from you. And this is from the Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes apocryphal text. I suffered for a little time. Toil and labor were mine, and I have found at last Comfort. And then more of this uh, text comes from Isaiah, chapter 66, verse 13. I will give you comfort as one whom his own mother comforts. And then finally, Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 14. For we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. And this is the, the text you're hearing right now. We seek one to come and then this big passage from first Corinthians chapter 15 verses 51 through 54 and 55. This is what I've referred to earlier as a spitting at the devil. Where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. This tenor soloist is singing, we're not all gonna sleep, meaning we're not all gonna die. Some of us are going to be twinkled, that's what we call it in my faith. We will be twinkled in the twinkling of an eye, put on immortality. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on corrupt, incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Revelations 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And then Revelations 14, verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead, which die in the lord from henceforth yea saith the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them i have an interpretation of these scriptures that is a little different than some might expect first a quick story i met a woman named wanda on the internet years ago she had joined an unassisted birth group looking for information on home birth. She had given birth to two very premature babies, and at the time I met her, was on the road to recovery herself, trying to find out why her body had such a difficult time holding on to her babies. She was also suffering from multiple chemical sensitivities and a variety of other horrible symptoms. Wanda was determined to learn what had happened to her and her daughter's and make things right. She investigated all sorts of information and was very open to a variety of healing modalities. When I was in contact with her, she was doing various cleansing diets, liver flushes, and had moved all chemicals out of her home and out of her diet. I had shared with her some of the healing miracles I had experienced with Young Living Essential Oils, and and so she invited me to fly back east to teach a one day seminar on the oils. We had lots of time to chat before and after the seminar. And just before I left, we were talking about the prophecies for the end times. I shared with her my view that one of the greatest sorrows families could experience were the betrayals of the medical profession. She de- detailed to me more of what she had felt and experienced with her daughters in NICU care for weeks on end. NICU is a newborn ICU and the various trials they had experienced as a family. The highly paid, monopolistic, know-nothing conglomerate of drugs and surgery that is practicing on women and babies all over the world is leaving a damaged residue in its wake. I shared with her my belief that many of Isaiah's prophecies were about modern childbirth. For example, I told her about Isaiah 54 and Third Nephi 22 and how I believed that Isaiah was talking about our generation of women. I shared with her my belief that the singing that thou didst not bear was for those women who have not had to experience Babylonian chemical birthing, and that those scriptures were talking about mothers who had come to the other side of the Babylonian nightmare, had claimed their sovereignty, and had moved into joy and singing in Zion, and then your joy. No one none shall take from you. I missed the first crucial hour with my daughter as they were stitching up my belly and she was sent to the nursery after we had a C-section for a breech presentation. I demanded that they bring her to me the minute I was out of surgery and immediately latched her onto my breast where she stayed firmly attached for most of the next four days of our hospitalization. I have often thought, nursing Allie, was one of the most difficult things I have ever done. The spirit testified to me then that what I was sharing with her was true. She also felt it and we rejoiced together. Oh, that's my ringtone. Okay, sorry for the interruption. The spirit testified to me then that what I was sharing with her was true. She also felt it and we rejoiced together. I was not surprised to read an email a few years later Announcing the birth of Liberty Love, a third daughter born at home, to parents who had shaken free from the bonds and chemical nightmare they had suffered through with two previous precious daughters. Wanda was a mother who had walked the dark paths, and she went seeking, looking for some pearls of wisdom. What did she find? What did she learn? She learned what I did after I also took the time and effort to seek it out. Heavenly Father wants his children to experience exquisite joy and happiness around the births of our children. Since this spiritual witness I experienced when I testified to Wanda about my interpretation of those scriptures, many of which are part of this requiem, I have become even more convicted in my heart that the chemicals are killing family life and connectedness, and we will never get to a Zion society. I'm sorry, I'm crying. We'll never get to a Zion society if we don't have some Zion families first. The proper hormonal connectedness opens up a window of opportunity. It lays a firm foundation that if the couple chooses to seize the opportunity, can be a lasting and firm foothold to build a Zion family where husband and wife are of one heart and one mind. Conversely, a Babylonian birth where mother is needlessly cut and chemically damaged, baby incarcerated for days, weeks, or months in NICU care, and father expected to pay all the bills, has a devastating effect on family life. The strong foundation that is needed to build a fully connected family life is often damaged and broken, and I believe contributes heavily to the current divorce rate and the drug use of our teens. I sometimes observe mothers who have one child. Some of these women have a very sad countenance or even look angry. A general feeling of rage is often fuming under the surface of her being, and her husband, if he is still around, sometimes has a spirit of guilt and shame about him. These women, I believe, are heroes. When I get in close proximity to these mothers and can feel the hurt, I often wonder, what the heck did they do to you and your child? What caused the fountains of life to dry up in your body so that you either consciously chose not to have any more children or your body made it impossible for you to conceive because the trauma was so bad. Conversely, when I am around unassisted birthing mothers, the joy that is radiating off of them is palpable. They describe the birth experience as the most amazing event of my life. I would have 20 children if I could. Babies are the greatest gift of life, and that was the most empowering experience I have ever had. Also, there is a very real sense of joy and jubilation coming from the baby. They engage my eyes and look so full of light. When I think of these babes compared to the NICU babies who are daily traumatized for weeks on end and have the life sucked right out of them by drugs and needless procedures, I just weep in my heart for the unnecessary suffering. As I rehearsed that aria tonight, I sang the words, Then your heart shall be joyful, and your joy shall no one, no one take from you. I just screamed it out, and then your joy shall no one, none take from you. And it was real, and it was powerful, and it was hope for the future. The main reason I got into unassisted childbirth was because the hospital staff always took my child away from me at the very moment I wanted to be with them the most. At the very moment of birth, all these busy bodies were right in our face, pulling on the babe, yanking out my placenta, messing with our bodies and distracting us from the important and crucial work of connecting. I know I can fight my way to an undrugged birth in a medical environment. I did it two times. But why should I have to? Why should I be forced to go along with hospital policy when all I want is to give birth and hold my baby in my arms? And no one take my joy from me and have no one distract me from the happiness that I worked nine long months for and waited my whole life to do and to be. The presumptuousness of those professionals who think they know best, the absolute pride and arrogance who think they know it all, who think they are God's gift to humanity, who think they are the all-knowing, the all-being, God-like, all-powerful and all-doing. They are nothing. They know nothing just about everything they do is fear-based and damaging they cut families off hormonally right at the beginning of the harmony being a possibility they shove their drugs into the veins of unsuspecting innocence they cut and they break and they damage and they call it healthy and whole and it is not taking a baby away from its mother and father causes sorrow A sorrowful heart is the result of messy chemical births. And for what? Safety? So everyone else can feel comfortable? So the parents can relax and trust and know that all is well in Zion, yea, Zion prospereth? And all the while the babes scream and shut down in autistic symptoms because they have no way to cope and process what just happened to them? I know of no better example of carnal security than a mother and father who blindly trust the medical profession. I believe Jesus Christ helped Brahms to write that requiem to help heal the birthing women of the world. I believe he wrote it because he saw our day. He saw what we would be experiencing and he used the prophetic texts that described our day and proved to us that at some point the insanity would stop and one by one we would find our joy and our joy would lead us to Zion And Zion should be what we as saints are working for and fighting for and living for. What is the purpose of sealing families together forever if they merely tolerate and hate each other in this life? What is the purpose of teaching our children that family can be forever if we just mess with those connections right from the start? Is it possible that the scripture that talks about the whole earth being wasted at his coming is referring to? to Babylonian birthing, which disconnects and traumatizes the family at the very moment they are first getting acquainted, when mother and child greet each other under a drug-induced haze. Perhaps that sets the pattern for them not being able to connect unless drugs are involved. As I said, I believe the Requiem was written for our day written to help heal the broken hearts and written to give courage and strength to those families who are seeking for Zion In doctrine and covenants. It says that those who are not willing to raise a sword against their neighbors must flee to Zion for safety. And is it possible that the sword being raised against our neighbors is in fact, a little knife used to cut open the belly of a mother during a C-section People, it is time to flee Zion and get away from those swords. And it shall be called the New Jerusalem, a land of peace, a city of refuge, a place of safety for the saints of the Most High God. And the glory of the Lord shall be there, and the terror of the Lord also shall be there, insomuch that the wicked will not come unto it, and it shall be called Zion. And it shall come to pass among the wicked that every man that will not take his sword against his neighbor must needs flee unto Zion for safety. And there shall be gathered unto it out of every nation under heaven. And it shall be the only people that shall not be at war one with another. And it shall be said among the wicked, let us not go up to battle against Zion, for the inhabitants of Zion are terrible, wherefore we cannot stand. And it shall come to pass that the righteous shall be gathered out from all nations and shall come unto Zion singing with songs of everlasting joy. Perhaps Zion is not so much a city as it is a place where mothers and babies can be bonded gently and naturally together. And instead of hating each other for the first five years of that child's life and then just barely tolerating each other, for the rest of the time the child is in the home, and fleeing from each other when the child becomes an adult, Zion living is accomplished and enabled by Zion birthing and bonding. And then we sing, then we feel the joy, then we feel the connections, and we start to realize the potentiality of eternal living as happy families. It takes a brave heart to learn the facts and then act on those truths. Parents who desire the best connectivity with children must take the time and effort to learn these facts. And then sorrow will flee. Blessed are they who are sorrowful, for they shall have comfort. I finished up this post, which I wrote in August of 2006, August 4th, 2006, by saying, I'm excited to learn the outcome of the audition, I can think of few things I would rather do than sing those words accompanied by a live orchestra at this particular time in my life. Actually, one thing comes to mind. I would love to give birth to another child more than sing that aria. But if it be heaven's will, perhaps I can do both. So I wrote that in August of 2006 when my youngest child was four. And I have shared it over and over in various spaces around the internet. And this morning on my sub stack, it felt appropriate to share this post on International Women's Day. There's so many lies being told about what it means to be a woman. And I stand solidly with all of those who are pushing for Zion, who are working to establish Zion, one heart, one mind. The glory of the Lord is worth fighting for. And it is just such a joy to spend this hour reading these words that I penned back when I was still so hopeful I could have more kids. I didn't know we were done, but we were done. And as the Lord closed up my womb, and I found myself sort of grasping for okay, what's next? I know I want to do theater, but I'm also feeling like I want to write and and do some other things. I decided to start out around that time as an activist promoting home birth, husband and wife home birth, and parental rights. It's been a constant theme that I've been pounding away at for a long time. And so joyful, so joyful to be Seeing so many others standing up and fighting for parental rights. Because if parents don't have the right to make important healthcare decisions for and in behalf of their own minor children, and I would include childbirth in those freedoms, then we're just slaves. We're slaves to the ba- Babylonian hellscape, and we are slaves to anybody who comes along who would deign to have authority over us, over our bodies, over our life choices. So I'm here pushing for freedom. It's uh it's been a wild ride to say the least. There've been many people highly disturbed by my work and upset that I would presume to teach young couples there is another path that they can go singing joyfully dancing down this path to Zion. And how wonderful that so many are making the plans and taking the steps to, um, to do this great work. So I'm going to finish this with the final little bit from Brahms Requiem Movement 7. And I hope you have a great day.